0: DW. Hi, Ajit. Hi, Charlie.
1: Ajit, you and I are part of the world's minority that actually does fly. We both live away from our families and it generally takes us a plane trip, or in my case, at least two, to go and visit them. What kind of damage are we causing to the environment when we fly?
0: So the big thing with flying is that it emits CO2 when jet fuel is burned. Now there's also other other types of gases that are released and particularly water vapor which are high altitudes and kind of these contrails that you see coming out of planes mm-hmm. these warm the planet even further and so by flying we're contributing to climate change and that's really difficult to sit with because like you said we are just a minority of the world who is flying and if you look at kind of the global picture it's about one percent of the entire world's population who are responsible for half of the emissions from flying.
1: So some sort of limit on these emissions, some sort of overhaul of the aviation sector is clearly needed. And that seems to be where this UN scheme comes in. If I've understood correctly, it plans to get half of the world's countries paying for their emissions starting this year. And that sounds like a good idea. But what you found in your analysis is that countries won't actually have to start doing this for another six years Why not?
0: So my colleague Kira Schacht from DW's data team dug into the numbers behind this. And under the scheme, airlines need to offset the rise in emissions that, that occur when more people fly. Now, originally the scheme, which I think has been being planned for over 10 years, originally the idea was to take a baseline from 2019 and 2020 and average them. And the idea behind this was that If in one year there was a particularly low amount of flying or, for instance, a few years ago we had a volcano in Iceland that meant that air traffic dropped, they didn't want any unnatural event to kind of uh, artificially reduce the baseline. The problem is that in 2020 the pandemic struck and that meant that air traffic was much, much lower. I think the industry estimates about 60% lower than the previous year. And because of all of this, it means that the industry argued that they should keep the baseline just to the level of flying that happened in 2019 and the icao had the same opinion so this means that the expected growth in um in flights traffic the expected recovery of the aviation sector means that it will take till about 2026 or 2027 before any airline actually has to buy an offset for the carbon that they're adding to the atmosphere.
1: Right. So that's because it will probably take the aviation sector another six years until they reach the level of emissions that they were at pre-pandemic.
0: Exactly. So that's a combination of more people flying and also fuels at the same time getting slightly more efficient each year. So the combination of those two factors works out to be about 2026 when when airlines will actually have to start offsetting their emissions.
1: And on top of that, this analysis calculated how much these credits would actually cost the airlines. What was the main finding there?
0: Yeah, so offsetting a ton of CO2 today really does not cost a lot. Under this United Nations scheme, it costs less than $1 to offset a ton of CO2. Now, if you compare that to how much non-profits are charging for people to voluntarily offset their emissions, I mean, if we take Atmosphere, the example we just heard about in the last report as an example, they charge uh, flyers about $28 per tonne of CO2 that they offset. So for an individual tonne of CO2, it is very, very cheap under this scheme. And that is a problem when you look at it in terms of how the the whole industry will be using it, because... Even by 2035, that the costs of offsetting carbon will stay well below 1% of these airlines' operating costs.
1: The ICAO did say, though, that the carbon offsets were just a part of a basket of measures designed to keep emissions from rising. So I know they cited more efficient fuels as one measure, And we've actually just seen that Boeing has announced it's going to start making planes that can fly on 100% sustainable fuel by the end of the decade. The basket also includes innovations in the way that planes are made and the way that air traffic is managed. Are these things enough to keep emissions stable as the sector grows? What are the experts saying about this?
0: The big challenge for decarbonising aviation, so to make flying green, is that the technology isn't there yet. Now, there are some ways to feed in sustainable aviation fuels into, into fuel supplies. They cost much more than normal fuel. And one of the kind of worries that the experts I spoke to raised was if you don't manage to make the technology itself green very quickly... So if all these technological solutions that are being touted, like the green fuels you just mentioned, or also other things like making planes electric, or making them run on hydrogen gas that comes from electricity that was generated by renewable energy, all of this stuff takes time to develop and to grow at scale. And aviation as an industry, as a whole sector, is just not at the same level that other sectors are. Like if you compare it to, to food... We already have plant-based meats and milks, and we already have electric cars. And in many cases, it's a question of scaling up these, um, these new technological developments. But they're already cheap, they're already available, they're already on the ground. And with aviation, it's just a bit more of a question mark as to whether that's even feasible.
1: So just like innovations in the automobile industry with electric car companies like Tesla... And with animal product alternatives that you mentioned, like plant-based meat and plant-based milk, it could be possible for us to to have our cake and eat it too when it comes to flying. It's just about actually creating the schemes and the, the incentives for this industry to actually be able to create that technology.
0: Exactly. And it's a question more of how quickly we can achieve all of that. So, The growth of flying so far has outstripped the ability of technology to reduce the emissions intensity of the activity. And one of the problems with having offsets as an option of kind of reducing your carbon footprint, on paper at least, is that airlines will have an incentive to offset their emissions in this way because it's cheap. And they won't have as much of an incentive to actually put the money into developing the technologies that are needed to to genuinely reduce the absolute emissions from flying,
1: which is what's needed if people like us continue to fly.
0: Yeah, so I think that that's basically aviation's big problem. It is much more difficult to decarbonize. There aren't really obvious alternatives. You can make improvements in kind of the emissions of the sector if you encourage trains across Europe, say, where you've got a lot of flights between countries. But um, some journeys can't be taken without a plane. And the big question is, can we make planes green enough that those journeys can be taken?
1: With a clear environmental conscience.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Thanks so much for chatting to me, Ajit. It's been really nice having you on the show. Cool. Thanks very much, Charlie. DW.